What's going on, everyone? Welcome back uh, to the Loud Hounds podcast, or should I say vodcast now? This is our first episode with the video, and we're used to just having the headset on and going from there, so then you can't see our ugly faces, but uh, Tom, how's it going today? I'm pretty excited for this. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, I'm glad to be back here. First uh, vodcast here. We haven't done a podcast in a minute, so... It's pretty pretty special that they guys this all set up for us. I'm excited to get to some of the topics we got today. Yeah, I think the last uh, episode that we recorded was maybe even before the NFL playoffs. I think we were making was, our yeah. predictions on who was even going to make the playoffs. And now here we are, Super Bowl week. We have the Chiefs and the 49ers, and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting game. You have the number one offense uh, taking on the number one defense, and it's going to be something pretty special. Yeah, I'm really excited. The playoffs were great so far, and the Kansas City Chiefs, have given us a tremendous offensive performance in all their games. Patrick Mahomes has just been putting up insane numbers, but this game is going to be really interesting to see, as you said, the best offense versus the best defense. Um, We're going to have to see if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to throw the ball. Uh, He didn't do it that much in the NFC Championship, but they have a great run game with uh, Mostert. So we're going to see. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, you talk about uh, Jimmy G's production and how it's been lower, but they've been leaning on that run game and that defense, obviously. And on the flip side, you have Mahomes, who passed for over, I think, 600 yards between the two games. I believe he has eight touchdowns. And, I mean, like putting up amazing stats. So uh, I just want to know, what's your prediction uh, for this Sunday's Super Bowl game? I think the Chiefs will end up winning. Their defense is going to have to step up and make it f- and stop the run game. If they can, I think they can definitely win. Mahomes looks like he can get his first ring, so I like the Chiefs, but definitely don't sleep on the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is something special. You saw he basically set out, uh, you could almost say red-shirted his rookie season, and then last year, league MVP, obviously had a great season. This year, he finds himself in the Super Bowl. I mean, this kid... I mean, you can say he's the best quarterback in the league, and I think uh, it's obviously up for debate. I mean, you still have Tom Brady, who's all-time great, and you have uh, great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees still playing, but, I mean, this kid, Pat Mahomes, his talent is just unmatched compared to anyone else. And, you know, when you look at a matchup, you usually go with the best quarterback, and in in that case, it is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So I agree with you. I think the Chiefs do have the slight edge over the 49ers this Sunday, and I think that's who's going to come out on top. I agree with that. So for the 49ers to, you know, we say both of us are agreeing on the Chiefs. What do the 49ers have to do in order to have a chance to win this game against the Chiefs? They're definitely going to have to run the ball effectively, give Monster a lot of carries, and uh, they're going to have to get pressure on Mahomes because if you give Mahomes too much time to throw, he's just a master at creating, creating opportunities for receivers downfield. And guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill can get open easily. So if, uh, you're going to have to look at Bose again, a lot of pressure towards Mahomes. And I think the Niners can have a good shot at winning this game. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa coming off of an amazing rookie season. Um, that kid is something special. His older brother, Joey Bosa, obviously in the league, plays with the Chargers. Everybody knew that Nick Bosa was going to be good. I mean, he was what, the second pick in the draft. I was hoping that my Jets would get him at three, but um, he was off the draft board, and he's really made the most of this rookie season. And I think he has a chance if the 49ers do come out victorious, he might be the MVP of the Super Bowl because okay. I think that he's the X Factor in this game, and he's going to have to put pressure pressure on Mahomes in order to slow down that Chiefs offense. 100%. The Chiefs, you mentioned their defense. They're going to have to slow down um, the run game. You mentioned Mostert coming off of, I believe he had over 200 yards um, two weeks ago. 
And but the Chiefs defense, that's something that that they can do. They we saw it against the Titans. They sh- completely shut down Derrick Henry, who was on a roll, rushing for like 150 plus yards per game uh, in the postseason. Yeah, and guys like Tyron Matthew has been playing out of his mind lately, and uh, Kenny Clark. Not bad. Yeah, they could definitely just shut the run game down. They only let, let Henry run, I think, 70 yards on them on the ground when he's been putting up at least 120 each game. So it was a good job by them. If they can do that, I can definitely see them coming out. With yeah, the and um, I just want to ask, do you think the experience, Jimmy G, you know, he's played, he actually has two Super Bowl rings, even though he threw, uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't even enter the game in either Super Bowl, but um, he has two rings nonetheless, even though you're sitting behind Tom Brady. Does that experience help compared to uh, Patrick Mahomes, who's this is his first Super Bowl? I think he definitely does have a little bit of experience because when he was with Brady, Brady obviously taught him all the things that he needs to know. He's a good game manager, so I think that that definitely helps. I think Mahomes will probably have a few jitters coming out in in the first quarter, as most quarterbacks do. But I think that experience would definitely help sitting behind a Hall of Fame quarterback like Tom Brady. All right, and the coaching matchup too. You know, I think. Um, Coach Shanahan really, you know, he had a great season. He's, um, I think he's a candidate for, you know, coach of the year. Um, although then you look at the Chiefs, Andy Reid, also a phenomenal coach, offensive-minded. So who do you think has the coach, the better um, coaching matchup? Who do you think wins that? Yeah, Shanahan's had a, had a great coaching year this season, especially calling all those offensive plays. They have a great, uh, they, they mix, mixed up great. The balance is awesome there. But I think Andy Reid's got the experience, and I think this is Andy Reid's year to finally break through. He's, had a, he's coached the Philadelphia Eagles for countless years with Vic and Deshaun Jackson. He's never been able to win a Super Bowl with them, so I think this is his time to break through and get his first ring. Yeah. All right, well, there you have it. Um, our predictions, we believe that the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers, and... In other news, um, you know, this week we found out that uh, NBA legend Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter crash along with a few other passengers, including his daughter Gianna. Um, so do you have any words on that, Tom? Yeah, I heard the news, I think it was Sunday morning, right? And I was honestly shocked when I saw TMZ reported that. I thought at first that this was either, this had to have been a mix-up or, or something. I, everyone was in disbelief. And I was really upset because this guy was a role model for kids um, growing up in the early 2000s, watching this guy play uh, basketball. He was the, the best guy in the league for countless years, even with LeBron James still in the league. He was the, Kobe Bryant was the guy uh, for the most part. But uh, it was just tough, tough for the whole league to even carry on and play that night. And uh, we saw each team taking an eight second violation and then the 24 second shot clock violation to to show their respect because he wore eight and 24 with the Lakers. So it was just, it was hard to imagine, hard to imagine. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the eight, uh, eight second violation, the 24 second <laughs> violation. Um, however, Lakers fans were actually outside the Staples Center during um, the, the, the Grammys, award, the, Grammys um, the other night and everyone's paying their respects and the Lakers and the Clippers actually postponed their game that they were supposed to play tonight. So there's definitely a lot of emotions throughout the league. A lot of people are, there's a petition going around and a lot of different uh, public figures are posting their opinions about maybe perhaps changing the NBA logo and having Kobe Bryant as the main guy on the new NBA logo. Yeah, I could see that definitely happening. I mean, that would that would help the healing for a lot of these people, especially fans right now that are going through this. Um, this guy was, he changed the game. Uh, I think Jerry West is the, the logo right now who played in 
the 60s, 70s. I mean, that was a while ago, but I mean, they can definitely change the logo. I wouldn't have an, I wouldn't have an issue with it because uh, this guy's top three player all time, easily. Yeah, and uh, the other day I actually saw a clip. It just popped into my mind now, and it was right when um, LeBron passed uh, Kobe Bryant in all-time scoring, and that actually happened earlier this week as well. And they were asking Laker fans, they said, will LeBron's legacy as a Laker ever be more than Kobe's, ever be better? And they were saying, you know, yeah, yeah, if he wins six rings. Now, I don't even think it's a question. Um, Kobe's legacy as a Laker is going to be un uncomparable to any other player, really. Um, a lot of people compare him with Michael Jordan as perhaps the GOAT of basketball. Yeah, I mean, Magic Johnson even came out and said, I think a few weeks ago, or maybe in a f even it was a few days ago, he said that Kobe Bryant's hands down the best Laker of all time. It's not even, it's not even a question. Uh, this guy, he was just, his character, not even on the court, but off the court too, and the role model he was as a dad after retirement. It just, you, you can't compare this guy to really anyone else in, in any sport right now, to, to, to me. Yeah, and now, you know, they, they talk about comparing Jordan, you compare um, LeBron James. Why does that have to be a comparison? Why can't it just be, you know, they were all great in their own, you know, respective style of play, and why can't they just all be considered some of the greatest of all time? I don't think it needs to be a comparison, and, and with the passing of Kobe, I think people are going to start to realize that. Yeah, I saw somebody, I think it was Instagram the other day, that it said, we need to stop arguing about who is the best now, especially after Kobe passed, we just have to witness greatness instead of worrying about who the best player is, you know what I mean, which is true, because we're lucky enough to see these guys play, there shouldn't be a debate on who's the best one, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, I can't get that, that clip of Kobe and Gianna, I believe, I forget what game they were at, but they were sitting courtside at an NBA game, and you could just see Kobe explaining to his daughter, you know, like, this is what's going on. And, and she was, you know, acknowledging that. And she, they were talking about the game. And you could just see how she was learning from her father. And you knew that she was going to be so good, too. And there's a story that I keep hearing on the news. And I think I saw a video of, uh, I think it was, I think he was either on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, I think it was. And Kobe was saying that, like, they go out and everyone's like, yo, like, you and... Uh, your wife, you need to have a son to carry on the legacy. And his daughter would be like, I got it. That's me. I I'm going to carry it on. Exactly. And uh, even in her Instagram bio, it says Mambasita. She wanted to be just like her father, um, although um, it's just ter terrible and tragic news. Yeah, I'm not really sure how the wife is going to be able to deal with it now that her husband's gone, her oldest daughter's gone. She still has three daughters to take care of, but the, the, this healing will never, it'll never be perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so moving on to our third topic now. Um, college basketball has been pretty exciting this year. They moved back the three-point line, and I think that has a lot to do with all the upsets that have been happening. We've had, you know, the, that number one seed, um, according to the AP Top 25, has just been rolling over and over, and, and so many different teams have been cycling in and out of the Top 25. I mean, Rutgers is in the Top 25, you know, being from Jersey, that's pretty cool um, to see as well as Seton Hall is in there. So um, exciting time for New Jersey basketball. However, college basketball time this year, do you like that it's you know all this turnover or do you think that it's kind of ruining um, the sport? No, I do like it because especially come tournament time for March Madness, it's gonna be, it's gonna be mayhem to see who's gonna win this uh, championship because going into this tournament in a, a few months or so, no one's not going to have any idea who's the, f the favorite because there hasn't been one standout team this season that you could say, oh, this team is hands down the favorite to win the title. 
Um, Kansas has been around that number one spot. They've lost. They've been inconsistent. Duke has been inconsistent. Louisville has been inconsistent. Kentucky lost to Evansville a few months ago. There, there isn't one team that, that you can say is that top dog this year, which I, I like. And I think you do have a good point that moving the three-point line back has definitely changed the game because even, what was it, a foot? That's still a big difference for someone shooting a basketball. But I, I think it's good for the sport, especially college. These guys give it their all. Uh, day in, day out, and it's just great, great basketball to watch, and the upsets are good for the sport. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's actually making it a lot better and a lot more enjoyable enjoyable to watch because in the past, you have these teams like UNC, who's having a terrible season um, this year, and you get, you know, like, like I said, the UNCs, Kentuckys, the Dukes, you know, those big dogs who just roll over every team and almost go undefeated every season going into the tournament. You don't have that this year, and that's really exciting. I believe there's only one undefeated team in college basketball right now, and that's... San uh, Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State. So... I think that makes the game a lot more better. And like you said, March Madness is going to be something really exciting to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, my question, though, to you is, we talked about how they move back the three-point line. Why don't they move it back to NBA range? Yeah, I think they should. I think right now it's um, the range that they play for the Olympics it is, or the World, whatever whatever they play for the FIBA World Cup or whatever. But, um, I, yeah, I think they should do an NBA because that would get the players obviously ready. But maybe they think that's too far. I think it's a foot in front or something like that. I don't know. But... I mean, that would be pretty cool if they did do that. Yeah. All right, so uh, that just about does it for us on this first episode of our new vodcast. We talked about the Chiefs and the 49ers. Our picks are the Chiefs. Um, we're thinking about Kobe this whole week. And um, the college basketball, just much more exciting ever since they moved back that three-point line. Uh, I'm Bobby McInnes alongside Thomas Spallone. Um, this was Loud Hounds. Thank you, Graycom Studio, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>